This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We're broadcasting out of Pistown, Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash district sentinel. We start with uh, some local news, Sam Knight. There's a initiative on the D.C. ballot, Initiative 81, and I have a feeling you're going to be one of those guys uh, who, who who buy a truck and paint it all sorts of colors and stickers and drive it around town uh, with a with a microphone, getting people to support this initiative. I just think that if you are a DC resident, you should support Initiative 81. Basically, it will decriminalize entheogens. Uh, which are basically plant-based hallucinogens. And uh, if you've never done them, you know, I don't know. Um, I wouldn't say they're for everyone, but if if you're in the right mindset, uh, they can really be <laughs> they're beautiful. <laughs> so anyway... To place Initiative 81 on the November ballot in D.C.'s uh, next election on November 3rd, the campaign needs 30,000 signatures by July, July 6th. They uh, they want to get them in by July 1st. So if you're interested, if you're a D.C. resident, if you're registered to vote in D.C. and uh, you think that opening your third eye should be decriminalized. <laughs> if you think it should not be a criminal offense to open the doors of perception, then maybe you should head over to decriminal, excuse me, decriminaturedc.org. And, you know, I'm not saying that I did mushrooms over the weekend and had a very spiritual time in which I had a vision of grocery store workers uniting to shut down the U.S. economy and to to fight capitalism. I'm not saying I had <laughs> profound uh, uh, metaphysical experiences. I'm not saying that. I'm not admitting that at all. I'm just saying you should support Initiative 81. <laughs> It's probably why it's illegal. They want to uh, suppress the the images of revolution that we all have or that some people have when they eat the mushrooms. Just as, as a PSA, though, if you have anxiety, you probably shouldn't do these things. If you're going into, <laughs> I don't, I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea. I'm all for responsible recreation. Okay. If you're not sure, don't do it. There you go. Uh, it'll be great when, uh, the 30,000 signatures are collected. This is put on the ballot and it passes. And then Congress is like, Nope, sorry. Yeah, no, that, that, yeah. Or the city council will overturn it. Yeah. All right, it's Tuesday, May 26th, 2020. Here's the news. Interest is waning in the Paycheck Protection Program. Reuters released an analysis today on the Small Business Administration's bailout fund, 
It shows the PPP has seen negative net weekly lending since mid-May. The number of loan applications to banks taking part has decreased. Borrowers have also returned money. The SBA reported last week that it still has about $150 billion in loans to dispense. That's about 23% of the $660 billion total allocated to the program so far by Congress. Meanwhile, some companies that took PPP money haven't actually done anything with it yet. The president of a Texas-based bank told Reuters that customers have barely used their PPP deposits, some $87 million. Bank of the West president Cindy Blankenship said, quote, It's a mixture of uncertainty and anxiety and fear, the uncontrollable factor about employment and rehiring. There are 36 million people unemployed right now. Maybe it wasn't a good idea to let small business tyrants administer a welfare program. Also, as we have noted before, many of those tapping the PPP aren't even genuine small business tyrants. They're either big companies or finance dicks who are made ineligible. The Wall Street Journal reported today on more of the latter in the real estate industry, which is barred from taking PPP money by the SBA. Attorneys and accountants in the industry told the journal they know of dozens of companies receiving tens of millions of dollars by applying for PPP loans through management and construction companies. The bad news for Democrats is they can't complain, though, because they just proposed bailing out landlords in their latest stimulus proposal, the HEROES Act. (laughs) Oh, Democrats. In other news about the welfare state, the U.S. Department of Agriculture released the latest eligibility guidelines for WIC, a nutrition program for women, infants, and children up to the age of five. It's supposed to provide benefits for nutritious foods and health and social services. Per today's guidelines, a single parent has to make $614 per week or less to qualify That means if they get a raise from $15 an hour to $16 an hour and they work 40 hours a week, they lose eligibility and basically get a pay cut. Means testing, folks. It sucks. Yes, it does. Moving on, good news in the effort to rein in the U.S. spy state. After the Senate failed to require surveillance agencies to collect a warrant before snooping on an individual's web browsing data, the House is now poised to try. An agreement has been reached that will allow lawmakers to consider an amendment on the floor to ensure that Internet search data collected under Section 215 of the USA Patriot Act is obtained only after a warrant is granted. Senator Ron Wyden, who authored the original amendment in the Senate that failed by just one vote, said in a tweet that he approves of the House language. That Senate amendment, by the way, failed by one vote. Bernie Sanders did not show up to the vote. He Uh, would have been the difference. Neither did Patty Murray, another senator who would have made the difference. Gizmodo reported that the amendment came together after negotiations between Representative Zoe Lofgren, who has been one of the uh, most vocal supporters of reforming U.S. spy agencies, and Intel Committee Chairman Adam Schiff, who is more closely aligned with the Intel community. A prior version of the amendment drafted by Schiff reportedly contained a loophole allowing authorities to collect internet data related to certain kinds of sites and content. The House is likely to consider the amendment and the larger Patriot Act reauthorization bill as early as Wednesday. The chamber initially passed the bill last February and blocked reformers from offering the warrant requirement amendment. 
They're now considering it again, following changes made to the bill by the Senate, which strengthened privacy interests before the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. The House vote will be the first conducted using proxies, a rule change that will allow certain House members to vote by proxy for others who are unable to travel to Washington due to the pandemic. The Department of Energy has released contracts from its emergency program to lease storage space to oil companies. The agency has released the records to us, District Sentinel Radio, in response to a FOIA request. Exclusive, baby! Exclusive, that's right. The initiative was announced by DOE on April 14th, with the agency noting it would involve nine oil companies and 23 million barrels worth of storage space, which would be made available through the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Companies would be allowed to keep it there until April 2021, with the idea being that U.S. oil prices will be higher then. They're already twice as high now as they were in April at the bottom of their recent lows. Firms agreed to pay the government for the storage space in oil. On April 29th, the nine companies involved were identified in a report by Reuters. Among them were Chevron, ExxonMobil, and Energy Transfer Partners, the parent company of Sunoco. In our FOIA requests, among the records we asked for were the actual contracts for the storage space, and they were released to us, although some of the information was redacted under the trade secrets exemption. DOE did, however, tell us how many barrels were put up by each company, and that tells us that most of the 23 million barrel program was used by just two companies, Exxon and Energy Transfer Partners. Exxon's contract involves 10 million barrels of crude oil. Energy Transfer Partners involves 6.2 million barrels of crude oil. At its recent low in April, U.S. oil was going for $17.27 per barrel on the West Texas Index. At that low value, the oil being stored by the government on behalf of Exxon would be worth $172 million. The Energy Transfer Partners oil being being stored would be worth $107 million at the same rate. But more importantly... The subsidy is helping the companies keep their operations open. In April, CNBC reported on the oil glut, noting that if storage space reaches capacity, producers would likely start shutting down wells, quote, a process that can physically damage reservoirs and threatens the prospect of reviving future output. Just a note that uh, I will post the contracts later today on Scribdy or document cloud or document slap or post cloud or document post or whatever it is that or take a picture people and are post using them on these Twitter. days i could just post them on twitter i could just post the screen caps on twitter i'll probably do that if i haven't done that though uh slide into our twitter dms at the dc sentinel and pester us hold us accountable make sure make sure we post these things Finally today, manned space launches are set to return to the U.S. on Wednesday. Unlike the moon missions and the shuttle missions, though, the primary motivation here isn't discovery, it's profit. Elon Musk's SpaceX developed the vehicle that will carry two astronauts into low Earth orbit and then on to the International Space Station for a currently undefined period of time, perhaps as long as a few months. SpaceX is now being relied on to ferry U.S. astronauts to space. 
Since the end of the shuttle program nine years ago, Americans have had to hitch a ride on Russian rockets at a cost of about $80 million a seat. Now NASA is just relying on corporations for a ride into space. Here was NASA's Deputy Administrator Jim Moorhard describing the new direction for the space agency. In the past, NASA developed, designed, and built, and then operated spacecraft and rockets. This is the first time that a commercial company is building and going to operate this spacecraft and capsule. And we're really looking to be a customer to SpaceX and to other companies in the future. And that's what we're trying to do is to create and expand, really expand the economy in low Earth orbit. Well, that's great. I can imagine a new generation of children wanting to be astronauts, not to explore distant worlds or look for aliens, but to expand the economy in low Earth orbit. SpaceX was sounds a- like sounds like Jim Moorhart is trying trying less hard. <laughs> I, I knew that one was coming. SpaceX was awarded more than three billion dollars to develop a new launch system and crew vehicle. The contract has been plagued by delays and cost overruns. Wednesday's launch was initially scheduled to occur in 2017, with hopes that there would be regular manned flights to space by now. NASA officials told reporters on Tuesday that SpaceX officials will be in charge in the control room for the go, no-go checklist, and it will be SpaceX ultimately giving the final okay for the launch, not NASA. However, NASA Administrator Jim Bridenstine did say that NASA does have the authority at any point to take over operations. Two astronauts going up tomorrow are NASA veterans Bob Behnken and Doug Hurley. Assuming all goes well, another SpaceX launch is scheduled to fly a few months later with more astronauts on board in the fall. I don't know about you, Sam, but if I were these two astronauts about to go up, I don't think I'd be sleeping very well tonight. And I don't want anybody to show me videos of Elon Musk's uh, Tesla rollouts, like where the windows break on the car or those videos where cars just explode. All sorts of reasons to be nervous about tomorrow. Yeah, there there are a few uh, SpaceX there there are a few highlights on the SpaceX blooper reel too. So, um, best of luck, fellas. Yes, uh, I hate SpaceX. I hate Elon Musk, but uh, definitely not hoping for a tragedy tomorrow. All right, that'll do it for the newscast today. It's time for the poetry portion of the show where we read haiku for our new subscribers over at patreon.com slash district sentinel. This first one goes out to Todd. The stuff of nightmares, a snake with human teeth, and a swole Jacob Wool. Thank you, Todd. This is for Christopher. On the hunt again, trying to smoke Grompus Grinkus, Green Goblin Ass Weed. Thank you, Christopher. This is for Keith. More manned space flights, please. Elon Musk designed the ship. Less space flights now, please. Thank you, Keith. Next, this is for Brian. 
becoming a guy who thinks we need to go back to farming mushrooms. Thank you, Brian. That's what we call a callback in the biz. Finally, this is for Jacob. Useful reminder, teach it to all the students. All cops are bastards. Yes, they are. And thank you, Jacob. Yes, thanks thank to, you to all our new subscribers. Yes, you all are doing excellent work subscribing to our Patreon. We couldn't do it. We couldn't do this show without you. That's going to do it for the show. Patreon.com slash District Sentinel if you want a haiku read on the next episode of District Sentinel Radio. Call the rant line too, 202-684-6108. Leave a message. We'll play it on air. We've got uh, an interview with Owen Higgins coming out tomorrow where we break down the Massachusetts Senate race between Ed Markey and Joe Kennedy III. Then we've got a brand new Means Morning News on Thursday, and then we're right back here with the Garbage Can Show on Friday. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be.